Thanks for joining us for the special Mideast Prophecy Edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. shares the Mideast Prophecy Update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. Many people glance over Revelation with no real understanding. They rationalize it by saying, whatever happens will happen. But today, Pastor J.D. reminds us that we're called to look to the sky when we see these signs. That doesn't sound passive. Let's get into the texts that we don't understand and look to God for answers. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update at jdfarag.org. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on November 27, 2022. If the church is still here during the 70th week of Daniel, you, by default, replace the Jews and dismantle Bible prophecy, and remove that center line on that road. And here's what I mean by that. The eschatological timeline is built on the specificity of the 70th week coming subsequent to the church age. In other words, the church has to be taken out prior to the seven-year tribulation which fulfills the final seven years of Daniel's 70th week. And this is Daniel 9.27. He, speaking of the Antichrist, will confirm. Now in the Hebrew it's the same word as in my native tongue of Arabic. It's the word ikbir, ikbir. It carries with it the idea of enforcing stronger, greater, superior. So it, uh, easy for me to say, it assumes, for lack of a better word, that there's already a covenant in place. Hang on to that. Because when the Antichrist comes along, he's going to confirm a covenant that's already in place. It just hasn't been enforced yet. So he will confirm a covenant with many for one seven. That's a seven-year tribulation. In the middle of the seven, three and a half year mark, he will put an end to sacrifice and offering. And at the temple, oh, there's the temple. I knew it. Where's the temple? Oh, it's there in Jerusalem, exactly as Bible prophecy says, right on time. And at the three and a half year mark, the Antichrist has already been on the scene. And by the way, 2 Thessalonians 2, How is the Antichrist going to get the worship of all of the people on earth? Signs and lying wonders. In other words, he's going to already, for the first three and a half years, already have a track record of sorts. Look at what this guy's done. Who's able to war against the beast? Look at these signs and wonders and miracles, and surely this is the Christ. And he finally enforce this peace agreement. There's never been peace. 
And he did it. And it's, it's a peace agreement now. And he's enforced it. Ikbir confirmed it. And at the temple he will set up an abomination that causes desolation. That's 2 Thessalonians 2. He will declare himself to be God in the temple of God. And then that's when the Jews will realize, wait a minute, um, some believe he'll sacrifice an unclean animal as in Israel's history, but it will be an abomination. He will commit an abomination in the rebuilt temple, which I believe comes packaged with this peace covenant. Once they have peace, the Jews are going to be allowed to rebuild their third temple. And then the Antichrist in the middle of the tribulation will set up an abomination that causes desolation until the end that is decreed is poured out on him. Okay. Are you okay so far? All right. I had someone tell me uh, that sitting under your teeth is like drinking water out of a fire hose. Well, at least you're getting your thirst quenched. <laughs> Okay, Pastor, why is this prophecy in this one verse so important? Because it provides us with a specific timeline within the seven-year period. See, the church has to be out of the way, the restrainer taken out of the way, and now God is going to focus all of His attention on Israel. The church age is complete. You can't have the the church there with Israel, and certainly you cannot have the church replacing Israel. And by the way, this is why a lot of guys put the church in the tribulation. Because if you replace Israel, well, you have to be Israel then in the tribulation, because that's the purpose of the tribulation, for the salvation of the... But the problem is, if we're Christians, we're already saved. So why would we have to go through the tribulation? Have you heard this one? Oh, we got to prove ourselves. Really? That sounds a lot, a lot like works to me. We've got to prove ourselves worthy. Listen, I, when my wife and I, by the way, we celebrated our 34th wedding anniversary a couple weeks ago. Yeah, that, that woman has treasures in heaven, I'm telling you, putting up with me all these years. 36 years, we quarter for two. Okay, so when I proposed to her, which was in a helicopter. I'm so, I was, was, keyword, so romantic, you know. You open the door, uh, you know, after all these years of marriage, it's like, hurry up and get in the car, we're running late. What's the matter with you? <laughs> Honeymoon's over. Okay. But before I proposed to her, and I could not wait. I literally, this is back in the day, young people, we actually had calendars on the wall. Yeah. So I I would mark the days, count the days till we got married on our wedding day. Couldn't wait. And how much more our bridegroom? <laughs> Have you ever thought about we can't wait for the Lord to come and take us out of here? Have you ever thought about like the Lord can't wait either? He's the groom. We're the bride. I think he's marking off on the heavenly wall, the calendar, until that day comes when the Father says, go, go get your bride. Can you imagine 
a groom saying of his bride, now you got to really prove yourself before we get married. So you're going to go through the tribulation, honey. And then by the time you got married, your wife is all bus up. Listen, if you got a better illustration, I'm happy to use it. Why would you want your bride to go through that? No, the Apostle Paul says, I want to present you as a virgin bride, pure, beautiful. Oh, I love doing weddings. You know what I love about doing weddings more than anything is watching the expression on the groom's face when he sees his bride coming down the aisle. First of all, he's paralyzed in fear. <laughs> he's like, you know, during the headlights. But he's just, you know, stunned. And it's so precious. And of course the tears are flowing. It's really bad when the pastor performing the wedding is the one crying, and the bride has to give you the Kleenex anyway. How much more so with the Lord? Okay, now let's get back to the matter at hand here. First, the Antichrist's confirming, enforcing of the covenant for the one seven, that's what starts the seven year tribulation, not the rapture. This is what starts the time of Jacob's trouble, the 70th week of Daniel. Israel still owes God one week, a period of seven. 69 have been fulfilled, you got that 70th, that complete, seven the number of completion. Again, another reason that this one particular packed prophecy in just this one verse is so important is it proves, really single-handedly, that we're not in the tribulation because I ask you, is there a confirmed, enforced, ikbir covenant with Israel and many for seven years that you know of? Not yet. So the tribulation hasn't started yet. Because the tribulation is what is started by this prophecy being fulfilled. Question. Is said covenant already in place? At the ready to be confirmed in force by the Antichrist according to Daniel 9.27? Answer, yes. And it was put in place with Israel back in January of 2020, then with many subsequently in August of that same year, 2020. Pictured here, and we've also provided a link to this, is a screenshot of Trump's deal of the century, as it has been called, which was unveiled on January 21st, of 2020. If you're interested, we did a deep dive into this, and it was in the prophecy update on February 2nd of 2020. Then we addressed the prophetic significance of Abraham Accords in the August 16th update titled Peace with Many. So this is now sitting at the ready, and when the Antichrist is revealed, he will enforce what's already in place. And that will start the seven-year tribulation. 
And that hasn't happened yet, which is why we're not in the tribulation yet. One more thing. I think I'd be grossly remiss were I not to address, and this is, <laughs> this is very important. Again, we've got a link to this. I spent some time put together this at-a-glance chart of the seven sealed judgments in Revelation chapters 6 through 8. The reason why this is so important, and this is again why people get into tribulation trouble, they take that first seal, which is I've highlighted this, and we'll go through this very quickly, which is the white horse, the first of four horses of the apocalypse. And they don't assign it to the Antichrist. And that's a grave error, <laughs> literally in some sense. So you've got seven seal judgments, starting, interestingly, Revelation chapter 6, verse 1. Remember our template? Revelation 6 through 19 is all about the seven-year tribulation. So these seal judgments commence at the beginning and through the seven-year tribulation. So let's go through these. I hope they will seal the deal, pun intended. These are the seal judgments, starting with one. The white horse is ridden by the Antichrist, who comes conquering and to conquer. And get this, he has a bow. In the Greek, it's the Greek word toxon, where we get our English word toxin, and a crown, which Latin word for crown is corona. That's just the first seal. We got six more to go. Seal number two, the fiery red horse of war that takes peace from the earth with a great sword and people killing one another. The third seal is the black horse of famine. We've talked about this by way of severe hyperinflation that will result in taking a complete day's wages just to buy the ingredients for bread. Number four, seal number four is the pale horse. And the word pale in the original language of the Greek New Testament is chloros, where we get our English word for chlorine or chlorophyll. It's a chemical, pale. And it's the horse of death and Hades following. And it kills over a fourth, not a fourth, over a fourth of the earth. How? By sword, hunger, and wild beasts. Seal number five. This is where the tribulation saints come in. The souls of those slain for the word of God. Oh, by the way, I didn't finish my light bulb analogy. I'm so sorry. Okay, body, soul, and spirit. The body is like the bulb. It goes into the ground from where it was created. The spirit is like the electricity. It goes back to its source. The light that was created when the spirit and body was united is the soul. It has ceased, deceased. I probably would have done a lot better job if I had done it in the, I think the moment's gone. So, but we're triune body, soul, and spirit. 
I'll get back to you on that at a future date, if we're still here. So these are the tribulation saints that are slain for the Word of God and given white robes to rest until the number is completed. And then seal number six is, I mean, horrific, cataclysmic, great earthquake, sun turns black, the moon like blood, stars fall, sky recedes, mountains move, and man hides. (laughs) And then seal number seven is silence in heaven for about half an hour. There's a lot of speculation on why. But at this time, the seven angels who stand before God are given seven trumpets. Now, I bring this up and point this out because the first seal speaks to the very clear and present danger, as it were, of the Antichrist. There will be no mistake when the Antichrist is revealed at the start of the tribulation. And again, the fact that we're already seeing the beginning of this corona toxin coming to pass now, prior to the tribulation, is an indication of just how close we are to the tribulation. Now, this brings us to the third reason. We're not in the seven-year tribulation, and we're going to take the remainder of our time to look at your watches. Reason number three. The final kingdom of man has not ruled yet. This reason comes packaged with the answer to a question we continue to receive concerning the COVID injection being the mark of the beast. I'll do my best with the help of the Holy Spirit to explain this in a moment, why it is that the injection now cannot be the mark of the beast yet. For now, please know, and this is kind of heartbreaking for me because we get this a lot. You know, here's someone who's a believer and they acquiesced when they were forced to take the injection and now they're questioning whether or not they've lost their salvation. No, you've not lost your salvation. Um, I have to say though, if you've been injected, you cannot be uninjected. However, If you're saved and injected, you can't be unsaved if you're injected. I want to make this very clear, because if you're born again and get injected, getting injected doesn't make you unborn again. And if you have a question mark on that, I would really encourage you to spend some time in Romans chapter 8, right out of the chute. Nothing, no one, no injection, no thing can separate you from the love of God. And by the way, that gets back into works. If we have to do something or not do something to keep our salvation, that means we've got to earn it. Keep it. That's works. That's not grace. If you're saved, you're saved. You're saved. Now, to this third reason. By way of introduction to this, let me hasten to say that We're witnessing this final kingdom beginning to come to pass in real time and at breakneck speed. And it's for this reason that it might explain, though not excuse, those who have misinterpreted this as meaning we're already in the tribulation. 
I say it that way because it seems as though the conspirators, as I refer to them, conspirators, are already in control globally and prophetically. They're not, not yet. The problem with this assumption and misinterpretation is that the world may seem like, look like, even feel like we're in the tribulation, but that's not the litmus test. The litmus test for whether or not we're in the tribulation is not what we feel or see, rather it's the Word of God that has the final word, God's Word. We take our feelings or what we experience or what we see and we go to the Word, not the other way around. Here's the point. The final kingdom of man on earth at the time that Jesus returns to set up His kingdom has to be set up first. And that's what's happening right now, right on time. So when the seven-year tribulation starts, they'll hit the ground running, if you will. To the question of this proving that we're not in the seven-year tribulation yet, I would just humbly ask that you hear me out, I'll explain, and we'll bring it in for a landing. To do that, I need to draw your attention to one of the most fascinating prophecies in all of Scripture found in the book of Daniel. This prophecy is known as the Ten Toes of Daniel, which comports with the Ten Horns of Revelation, chapters 7, 13, and 17. Daniel chapter 2, let me begin reading in verse 41. Daniel is interpreting a dream for Nebuchadnezzar. Whereas you saw the feet and toes, partly of potter's clay and partly of iron, hang on to that, the kingdom shall be divided, yet the strength of the iron shall be in it, just as you saw the iron mixed with ceramic clay. And as the toes of the feet were partly of iron and partly of clay, so the kingdom shall be partly strong and partly fragile. As you saw iron mixed with ceramic clay, they will mingle, listen, with the seed of men. But they will not adhere to one another, just as iron does not mix with clay. And in the days of these kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed. And the kingdom shall not be left to other people. It shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms and it shall stand forever. Inasmuch as you saw the stone, that's Jesus, was cut out of the mountain without hands, and that it broke in pieces the iron, the bronze, the clay, the silver, and the gold, the great God has made known to the king what will come to pass after Meta Talta this. And then he says this, and I love this, the dream is certain, and its interpretation is sure. The more sure word of Bible prophecy. Yeah. Okay, we find this mentioned again in Daniel 7, which specifies this as the fourth beast and fourth and final kingdom on earth. And notably, it's different from all the other kingdoms. You've been listening to a prophecy update with Pastor J.D. Farag on In Spirit and Truth. Thanks for tuning in to study the Word of God. As you continue to learn about the things that are happening all around us and how that relates to the Bible, 
take some time to pray for this nation and for the world as a whole. How all the details will play out is still unknown, but God treasures the prayers that are offered on behalf of His people and the world around them. Continue to delve deep into God's Word on your own and gain some useful insight about these things in addition to what you hear from Pastor J.D. Are there some things that you heard today that really touched home in your heart that you'd appreciate some prayer over? We'd be honored to pray for you. Let us know what those requests are by going to jdfarag.org and then fill out the form under contact. Once again, that website is jdfarag.org. You can also find us on social media. You'll find links to Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube on our website. And we encourage you to follow them so you can stay up to date with all that's happening at Calvary Chapel Kaneohe and in spirit and truth. If you're wanting to access these things on the go, we have a mobile app that's available for iPhone and Android users. Just look under the resources tab. That's all we have time for today, but thanks for joining us. We look forward to our next edition where you'll get the opportunity to hear more insightful things about the days that we're living in and how that intersects with what's been predicted in the Bible. Join us again here on In Spirit and Truth.